Welcome to the Learning a Little Lessons podcast. So glad you're here. This episode is actually recording from Sister Share 2020 that we held in October, and it is a workshop on forgiveness done by Ann Gerber. So you'll hear throughout that I paused it, the recording, so that she could give time for the people, the live audience, to do their thing. Feel free to pause it at any time and um, take time to think about what she what she was doing and what she was having the audience think about and talk about on their tables. So hope you enjoy this. top news stories last year was on forgiveness. Here's the headline. See if your table can figure out what it was. Power of forgiveness can unite us. Boy hugs brother's killer. Go ahead and do some table talk amongst your tables. See if you remember that news story last year was on forgiveness. All right, I hear some good talk, and this group was really intent up here. Would one of you be willing to share with us, and then I'll repeat it for the people that are on Zoom. You don't have to tell all the details. Okay, she's thinking it was in Texas. Someone who went to what they thought was their apartment, and there was a guy sitting on his couch. We're getting close, and they killed him. Yeah, they shot and killed him. Here's the story. If you remember, a Dallas police officer, get that right, named um, Amber Geiger, it was a woman, thought she was going into her apartment, but she was on the wrong floor. Shot, who she thought was a burglar, however, it was the other man's apartment that had the same floor plan as hers. The name of the man that Amber shot was named Botham Jean. And in the courtroom after the sentencing, Botham's brother, named Brant Jean, asked if he could hug the killer. Brant Jean said, God forgives me for everything I've ever done. Why shouldn't I forgive Amber Geiger? His desire was not for the killer to go to jail, but to give her life to Christ. Okay, here's our second news story. This is another headline, but it was from 2006 in Pennsylvania. Her son shot their daughter in the schoolhouse. Then the families of those killed embraced her as a friend. Go ahead, more table talk. See if any table can figure this one out. 2006 in Pennsylvania. Okay, so she thinks a man went in, shot children in a schoolhouse. And then it was the mother of the shooter that they forgave them, okay? You guys are so close. It was 2006 in Pennsylvania, as I said, and the name was Charles Carl Roberts. He lined up 10 girls in an Amish schoolhouse and he shot them. He killed five and he injured the others. At the cemetery, the Amish saw the grieving parents and formed a wall to block out the media cameras. The Amish embraced Christ. I'm sorry, they embraced Charles' parents as part of the community. When Charles' mother had stage four cancer, 
one of the girls who survived cleaned Charles' mother's house. The Amish forgave first, and then they worked through the emotions of it. I'd like you to uh, go to your booklets, and, and it's kind of in the middle of the booklet. You'll see Forgiveness Sets You Free is the title. There are several verses printed there, and I'd like us to say the verse that's first in line on the page that Forgiveness Sets You Free. We'll do that together in unison. It's Matthew 5:44. The verse is, everyone, but I say unto you, love your enemies, Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Again, it was Matthew 5:44. Today we're going to talk about hurt on a continuum, from bruising to deep wounds. We'll cover how to respond to hurt, and last we're going to work through the steps toward forgiveness using an acronym called REACH. Many people who seem to be moving through life without a care in the world are suffering from a lot more hurt than most of us realize. The examples of Bryant John and the Amish are extreme cases of forgiving someone who murdered their loved one. But the rest of us might be suffering from other situations. Here are a few examples. Feeling rejected by a friend or a relative being abused as a child or as a spouse, getting a raw deal at work. Maybe your reputation has been slandered, either by gossip or maybe on social media. Were you ever betrayed by someone? Maybe you suffered physically from an accident that wasn't your fault. I'm sure recently most of us have been hurt by a COVID-induced situation. Maybe you stood too close to someone and they yelled at you. Maybe you got a mean look at someone because you weren't wearing your mask. Or you got a look from someone because you were wearing a mask and they felt that your social um, rights were being taken away from you. Maybe you posted something on social media and it became a texting war. Maybe a simple statement you made about the presidential election turned into a heated discussion and you were hurt by that. Hurt comes at us from many different directions. They can be minor in nature and not intentionally inflicted. We might call these hurts day-to-day -day bruises. An example would be that mean look you receive for what mask wearing. It's a bruise. And as we know from experience, not all of our hurts are minor. Many are more serious. And we're going to call those hurts open wounds. The pain they cause is deep and it's lasting, as in the example of abuse. Hurt can have a positive effect on us or a negative effect. You know this phrase, it can make us, everybody, bitter, or it can make us better. Good. In front of you, you should have a chart and a baggie. The 
chart is kind of a tan color. The baggie will have a colored little cards in it. And don't open your baggies yet. Some of you are probably ready to go, but don't open your baggies yet. But do look at your chart. There are several categories on this chart. And those are categories of issues that might cause tension or hurt in a relationship. I put them on a continuum so that you can see the range of errors and offenses. On your chart, you'll see errors at the top and offenses at the bottom. The errors are what we call the bruises and the offenses are what we call the deeper wounds. So I'm going to explain the categories. The categories are mistakes, which are things that are just human, they happen. Irritants, which are things that annoy you. And poor choices, we all make them at one time or another and we learn from it. What we need to remember about the top of chart, the chart is that these things happen once. Um, they're not recurring. So keep that in mind when we start to put cards on here. And you will be able to get three cards underneath each topic. Now at the bottom, if we look at our offenses, we have hurtful omissions. And these are things that we forget continuously. I know we all forget things every once in a while, but these are things that are forgotten over and over again, the same thing. And then hurtful words and actions would be, again, repeatedly someone is saying this to you. It didn't just slip out one time. And last is major sin. And these, of course, are our deepest hurt. They strike at the very core of a relationship. So now, three cards under each topic, remembering the top ones are bruises, the ones that go on the bottom of the chart are those deeper wounds. You may talk to each other during this time period. Go ahead and work through your charts. So we'll start with the mistakes. And in the mistakes, remember, mistakes are things that are unavoidable in us and others. We are human. And they would be things like forgetting to do something they said they would, breaking something that you, that's yours by mistake, or spilling perfume in your room. They get us upset, but it's nothing that we intended to do. Next are irritants, and we all have them. Habits and quirks and personalities that just irritate us. So examples here were laughing too loud, slurping cocoa, that bothers some people, or if someone's chewing with their mouth open. And moving down to poor choices, and I do want to say if poor choices are repeated and they're severe enough, that's when they become offenses. But the ones that we had listed here, they spent all their money at the fair and they didn't have any left to pay back the money they owed you. They probably learned from that, but it happened. It was a poor choice on someone's part. They took too long at the store and they missed your birthday party. And they didn't realize you'd be embarrassed about it. But they told others something that you did. They felt bad about it afterwards. It was a poor choice, but it happened. Okay, let's move down to the offenses now. Under the hurtful omissions, remember, if, um, if they forget your anniversary one time, that's one thing. But if they didn't do it every year, that becomes a hurtful omission. 
um, or not following through on something that they agreed to do can lead to a significant hurt. So the examples here were not remembering your birthday several years in a row, not doing anything special for your anniversary year after year, and promising to stop throwing their clothes on the floor, but they never followed through. And you get there and the clothes are on the floor again. That's a hurtful omission. It's going to damage relationships. Moving on to hurtful words and actions. Again, these would be repeated. Things like yelling, harsh criticism, and put downs to the point where you start believing that because you've heard that over and over. And last is the major sin. These are the deepest hurts. They strike at the very core of relationships. They violate our trust, our boundaries. Uh, they deter us from being emotionally close to other people and even might damper our spiritual connection. And they are the words, the A words, adultery, addiction, abandonment, and abuse. Now, as we analyze this chart, the main difference between the errors and the offenses is that the errors cause you to forbear against someone else. You just need to let it roll off your back. If somebody's irritating you or one time forgets your birthday, you got to let that go. But when we're looking at the offenses, those are dealt with through forgiveness. And that's why we're here today, to talk about that forgiveness. In Storytime to Be with Bia, we heard examples of forgiving from both Carolyn and Becca. And I want to thank you for being willing to share, um, to give us that example that you provided of offering grace and mercy to others. But probably the most beautiful story of forgiveness in the Bible is in Genesis. And that is of Joseph. After his brothers betrayed him by selling him into slavery, they came back for food due to the famine. And instead of hurting them, Joseph chose to help them. They lived to see their broken relationship healed due to Joseph's willingness to forgive them. Let's apply the steps toward forgiveness using the acronym REACH. And I found this in the Apostolic Church Counseling and Family Services website. We're going to do some writing in your booklets. And we're going to work through the steps by writing today. I want you to keep in mind that in true life, deeper hurts take a lot longer to work through than what we're going to do today in this workshop. But I feel it's important for you to practice these steps together to see how it works. I encourage everyone to write with us, but if it's too difficult for you to write, you have permission just to listen right now. You looks like everyone found your worksheet in your booklet. There are a couple rules I have. Number one, Pencils are down until I explain the entire step. And number two, this is confidential. So please refrain from looking at anyone else's worksheet. And it might be a good idea to cover your, your page if you'd like to. It just makes you feel more free to write. I want everyone to be safe when you participate in this. So right now, I want you to think of an issue. 
an issue which you need to forgive someone presently. And that would be an offense, bottom of the chart, a wound. And I want you to use that example as we work through the steps of forgiveness. Now, if you don't have a present example, you could also use an example from the past of something that you have worked through in the past, and you could list your steps as we go through and see how you work through it. Maybe see if you forgot a step in there. So I'm going to give you time just to think of what it is you're going to do, because it's very important that we all have something in our mind. Does anyone need more time to think? Okay, we're ready to go then. Our first letter is R, to recall the hurt. And again, hold off writing, I'm gonna explain first. We have to acknowledge that the hurt occurred. The goal here is to accept that you've been wronged and focus on moving forward. Extremes to this are at one end where you deny there was ever any pain. That's really easy to do to the opposite end where you keep replaying it in your mind over and over. Uh, you use the hurt as a crutch to not do certain things, or you try to get attention from being hurt. So right now we wanna write down this issue, go ahead and write present or past, you can pick up your pencils and write down what was that hurt, recall the hurt under your R. And I won't walk around and look, just watch to see when your heads come up that you're finished writing. And there's one thing for sure here. You're not going to be able to work through the pain until you admit that there was a hurt and that you're hurting. I'm seeing most heads up and pencils finished. So we're going to go on with number two, empathizing. And you heard Shirley use this word earlier. In this step, your feelings like anger or cold, detached feelings are going to be replaced with empathy. You try to see the scenario from the other person's perspective. What were they thinking? For me, it helps me to think of their background. How were they treated as a child? Or how were they trained as a child? Um, maybe how are they treated by their spouse might make a difference in their situation. I want you to write down what the other person who hurt you was thinking or feeling when it happened. Go ahead, get your pencils and write down what was that other person thinking? We're trying to empathize here. You know, during this time of COVID, I've had to remind myself several times when people just gave me minor bruises through it, they're probably fearful. They may have financial stresses. Um, they may have been locked down for a long time. There are just so many ways we can empathize with that stress that they've been under. Okay, our next word is altruistic gift of forgiveness. And altruistic just means the unselfish gift, gift of forgiveness. So here, humility and gratitude are required. We need and have received forgiveness ourselves. Think about this. How did you feel when you did something wrong and God forgave you? Because we've received forgiveness from God and others, we offer forgiveness. And I want you to do something with me. I want you to visualize it. So we're going to put our arms up in the air. 
everybody. Vertically, God extending forgiveness to human being beings because of Christ. Or put your arm horizontally and point it to another person. What one human being extends to another human being. Thank you. Right now, I'd like you to write down one specific thing for which you've been forgiven and how it made you feel to be forgiven. It can be from God that you receive the forgiveness or from another person. What were you forgiven for? How did it feel? Matthew 7, 12 says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Okay, we're ready to move on to our C, committing to forgive. We need to make a firm commitment to forgive and actually set that Ebenezer or that marker or that memorial that reminds us to remember that we were, we've forgiven someone. God has helped us get to this point. It's best if you either write it in a journal, and that was mentioned this morning, how important it is uh, for a, writing in a journal or telling someone else about your commitment to forgive. And that might be you tell your spouse or you tell a friend, maybe you tell a minister or a counselor, or maybe even tell the person that you need to forgive that you're going to forgive them. So right now I want you to write down who you're going to tell to be accountable to that you're going to forgive someone else. It can be any person or it could be a journal. You're going to write it down. And if you're thinking back to a past incident because you didn't have one right now, did you tell someone or should you have? You could think about who should I have told that I was going to forgive? And I also want to note that you can forgive someone without having the offender actually accept your forgiveness. An example would be if the per person refuses to forgive you or if the person is no longer living. It reads in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, and when you stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. All right, our last letter, the H, holding on to forgiveness. If you occasionally remember things from the past incidents that you've worked at forgiving, don't get discouraged. Remember, forgiven, forgiving doesn't mean forgetting, or it doesn't mean that you're excusing the behavior that happened. You need to recommit to forgive. Commit the event and the person to God and go on. Having a memory doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. Pray and ask God to change your heart toward the person who wronged you. If the wound is deep, forgive over and over again. In your worksheet, I want you to just use bullet points and tell me what you'll include in your prayer. Actually, you're not telling me. Write it down, what you'll include in your prayer to hold on to that forgiveness. And here's something else we heard earlier this morning. What did Jesus say to Peter and Matthew when Peter asked how many times shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? No, he said 
Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. It's in Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Well, that is the extent of reach. And I hope that all of you have seen either where you need to go with a situation or where you've been. Did you work through all the steps or were there some steps that might have helped you even work through that situation better? We're going to end with an object lesson. So I had Marsha put a glass of water and an effervescent vitamin tablet near a few tables. We're not gonna do anything with them yet, but just kind of look around your tables and see where there might be a glass of water and a tablet. Okay, so if there is one, one of you needs to be the owner of that. Just hold them up for me so I can see where all of our, they are. Hold it up so the people around you can see what you're going to do. So you can get a close view. Okay, we found all of them. Does it look like we found all of them, Marcia? Okay, okay, good. So an analogy, of course, is comparing two things that are not alike. So we're going to compare dropping that effervescent vitamin tablet into the water to forgiveness. And at your tables, I want you to find um, ways that they're alike. How is dropping that tablet into the water like forgiving someone? You're gonna watch it dissolve and give me examples of how that's like forgiveness. Okay, I'm gonna do it here for the people that are on Zoom. We're dropping the tablet. Those of you that have a, a water, go ahead and drop the tablet. See what's happening. We've got some fizzing going on. We're seeing some yellow. And then I'd like you to talk in your groups. And in a couple minutes, I'm going to ask you how they are similar. Dropping the tablet into the water and forgiveness. Okay, I'd like to hear some of the examples that you have. I saw some good conversation going on. I'd like to share. And I'll repeat for you over, over Zoom. So I was just saying that um, originally when you put the um, seltzer in, that there are like there were some large bubbles that came out mm -hmm. initially. And basically we were saying at our table like that could be little setbacks when you try to forgive someone because there are going to be times, even like you said earlier, where you think you've gotten to a point of forgiveness, but then something sets you back or you see that person or they make another side comment or whatever it is that you're trying to overcome. Um, eventually, though, we said that it's an ongoing process. Eventually, the color becomes brighter and the water is less cloudy and you become like clarified kind of. Um, and it took time. And, and it, it took time. Yeah. Time. All those different phases. It's easy to see when you get past it, but when you're in it, you don't really know where you are, do you? That is beautiful. Thank you. I didn't even have that on my examples. I'm so impressed. Who else has a different one? We can learn from each other. There's really all correct analogies. There's nothing wrong. So. Is this table for me? I had said that the contents wasn't the same after the tablet came, yes. and that you can't go back to how it was before. So you can't take out the tablet and clear it up, but once it's in there, it's in there. It's in there. 
There's nothing you can do about it. And you have to move on, don't you? The damage has been done, but we have to learn what to do with that damage. Thank you. Wow. Okay. We got We were just saying how the good thing that comes out of it is at the end, you have, instead of having plain water, you have vitamin water. So <coughs> you grew from that experience, didn't you? Yes. Love it. Another one? Is it one back here? No? Anybody here? No new ones? Anything back there, Bill? No? Anything here? Anything different? Okay. So one thing I noticed was the color of the water at the end, and I know, like, for this example, I know yellow. But yellow to me is sunshine, and it's joy and happiness and brightness. And I think that when you get to the end of forgiveness, you can just, it's a weight lifted off of you, and you can just be a lot more cheerful and a lot more joyful. Um, yeah, keep that visual in your mind when you're going through through something. Yeah, that yellow is going to come out of the end. Michelle. Michelle was one of my students back when I taught fifth grade at Ripon, one of my first years of teaching. And Linda Shaw, where is she? She was when I student taught. So I just love it when I see my former students here <laughs> Um, Just looking at the vitamin it would, and just seeing it like it was just like a release like so it's like a release you just feel so free once you forgive but it definitely is a process yeah that relief that word release was on my list michelle very good released okay who else has a different one we haven't had or wants to add to something i think conducts can i tell <laughs> Most of what I had was already shared, um, but I just feel like forgiveness is a process, and it takes time. And you think that, like somebody else mentioned, you think that you're you have forgiven, and you don't have any remorse you know, in your heart for what you've gone through. But then there's some things that can come up, like somebody else said. But it definitely takes time. It's time, yes. We're all on a different timetable than it are we. Anyone else back here? Back here, we didn't want to give you attention to. Okay. Bailey? Um, I was just kind of thinking of the vitamin as our self. Evolving and um, turning, turning into the water. I was thinking you kind of have to give some of yourself up to forgive other people. So it does take away from you personally. And at the same time, it can turn into something. Wow, that is powerful too. We practiced this when we practiced our speeches, and and the people that were, were together. Some of these we didn't even come up with then. So excellent. Any more? So I'd like to quote Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. In conclusion, many people think forgiveness only benefits the other person who hurts you, when actually the main beneficiary is you. You see, as you release the poison of bitterness and anger, 
you are able to live with real joy and peace. Let's read at the bottom of your worksheet a verse, Romans 12, 21. Is it on your, your tan worksheet? Is that Romans 12, 21? Okay, together. Everyone, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And the last thing that I'd like to mention is that in your booklets, the next page over is, um, and Ed Swartz had a book called The Gift of Mercy. And he had a test in there to see how able you are to grant forgiveness, mercy, and grace to others. So on your own, at some point, I'd like you to take that test and see where you fall on that continuum. And then do it six months later. See if you're growing at all in that practice or um, process of forgiveness. Thank you.